How to survive government document errors. Saturday night, drive and chill. Hello, I'm Carlos, and welcome to Saturday Night Drive and Chill. Thank you for listening for tonight's episode. We will be going through surviving your document errands. When you go to the government, usually here in the Philippines, it's you go to the bureaucratic process, you know, just requesting for a driver's license would take you some time before, you take four hours, sometimes half a day. Sometimes it would take three days. In this episode, I will be sharing my tips on how you would acquire your government documents this 2021 with tips on the preparation for the day itself and I will be sharing also how, you know, my story back then. Why why I, uh, I am sharing this episode with you guys. You know, this was not really in the roster of lineup. But since I recently went into a government institution um, to get my birth certificate and uh, certificate of Singlehood, well, that's what I call it, but it's Senomar, or Certificate of No Marriage. And so, might as well, I'd share my experience on going through such errands. Usually, it's it's really an, an experience for fresh graduates to, do, to, to go to any government office and get their government requirements, you know? And since I'm the youngest in our family, you know, being a Filipino, we have this culture of the youngest usually would do all the legwork. You know, I do all the errands. Well, actually, all of us, all of us, my siblings, had to go to such errands. You know, like um, helping, assisting my parents to go to to the to the government office to get her NBI clearance and so forth. So from then, I learned, you know, as early as high school to transact any kind of government document as a, a fresh graduate will have to face. Usually, um, usually when you go after college, that's when you learn how to get your SSS or your TIN or you'd realize how important an ID is, you know. I was, early, I was as young as high school, I already know those importance. Perhaps that's why I'm an old soul. <laughs> Also, I also worked um, in the government institution for for a few years. You know, in, uh, it's an academy. It's, uh, it you focus on productivity. So, I've seen how they try to review and optimize processes. You know, but you would realize that eventually it's getting better. You know, man. You know, to give credit to some government agencies, they're finding ways to make the system system better. Although I think there are still areas that they can improve on. Well, that's another story. Okay, I'll share with you my tips on how to survive almost any government-related transaction in the Philippines. If you're going to get a driver's license, these are all similar eventually. I will share with you why they are all similar. Usually the process and requirements are the same. Well, and it should be standard. Fortunately, the government, through the Anti-Red Tape Act of 2007, or RA 9485, um, there has been streamlining processes because they say that it's the root cause of red tape. Or for some, the, there were stories back then when if you want your driver's license to be released the same day, you would have to pay a fixer 
to process it faster. And then if you go through a normal non-fixer process, it would take you weeks or even. You know, it was back then it was really horrible to get those requirements. I'll share also later what are the usual processes. So like I said, it's usually standard. Um, this year is also different because of COVID-19. The minimum health standards, um, it makes transactions difficult because um, usually some government offices limit to 200 to 300 persons per day, depending on the agency and the capacity of the office. I'll also share some of my COVID safe tips. So I'll divide this. I'll, I'll sh- uh, in this podcast, I will share my tips into three major parts. So, you know, the preparation or before going there. Um, what do you do during the visit and after visiting? Well, yeah, some of just some of my pro tips on how you can keep your documents safe, but at the same time readily available. Okay. Before going there, what do you need to prepare? So, first, I this... I, I, my tip first it would be to understand what the requirements you would need. Do you have them? You know, I mean, do you do you probably you might have them already, or your parents might have a way to get them. How was it obtained? Usually, there are standard requirements for pre-employment, so I would share with you some of the lists that you would need eventually, or perhaps maybe you don't have it yet. So here we go. First is the TIN, or the tax, uh, Taxpayer's Identification Number. TIN is a proof, or it's a unique number, that you are a taxpayer. And you would be given an ID. Actually, you'll be given a card with a picture on it, which you would, I think you would be the one to post the picture there, and then you would laminate. I think that's the... And then, to get that, you would have, you would need some, you would need to be either employed or self-employed, depending on... Well, it depends on the process. You can check on the website. Um, later, I would share with you some generic procedures. And for BIR, um, you would usually need a 1901, if I get it correctly. So usually the forms are four-digit numbers, and they would um, they would determine a certain form that you need to fill up. That's it. And the birth cert- you would need birth certificate or a government ID photo. And the next one would be a social security number or SSS. For government employees or government employees to be, you would emplo- enroll to a GSIS or government social insurance system. So social security for those who are not usually aware, um, it's the support to one's life through pensions and loans. So a membership, so it's a membership kind of thing. You have to enroll on it um, for you would contribute as you get work. Um, the, the, gov- the office that you're working with or your employer would deduct your social security contribution and then they would directly remit it to SSS. And for other government um, deductions as well. Same thing with GSIS, so that's that's it. And you get a benefit of you know, the loan, you have special, lo- you have loans, pension. Of course, the most important there is the pension after you're, you retire. That's the social security in essence. And the next one would be the PhilHealth number or the, the PIN or the PIN or the PhilHealth ID. So this is similar to SSS, but this is for medical insurance. It's like MaxiCare of the government. 
and it's mandated by the Universal Healthcare. Membership is also a requirement and the same time enjoys benefits. Uh, for, well, yeah, um, there are some issues though on the membership or the, in the process um, for PhilHealth and for contributions. Yeah, that's another story. Another would be the pag-ibig number or PIN. So this is um, for your housing loans usually. This is for the pag-ibig fund or the home development mutual fund. This would be for it. Would it is the same system as for the social security, PhilHealth um, and SSS. So it's a trust fund where you would be able to enjoy as a member benefits like loans, housing loans. I think Pagibi also has some assets that you can acquire at a more flexible rates. Um, this fund provides financial assistance like. Like what I said, housing loans um, with affordable rates, and at the same time, you would also be deducted like those others I mentioned. And then other documents would you would need would be birth certificate. So of course, when you are be, when you are born to this world, you have a proof that you are legally born into this world, um, which is usually acquired through the Philippine Statistics Authority, formerly NSO. Certificate of no marriage, like what I said earlier, Senomar, or the certificate of singlehood, it's a proof that you are single and you're not yet married. And then, of course, a certificate of marriage, among others, you would also need valid government ID such as postal ID, voter's ID, driver's license. If you're if you're driving, driver's license is a very good ID. It's a very good idea, a very powerful one. And then, of course, um, this is the one that they are pushing through a unification of ID. You um, would just use one ID. So now they are doing the national ID system. I think there are applications for you to get one. I think some already have one. I think I have to get mine as well. And, of course, the human or the, pre- the predecessor of the national ID is the unified multipurpose ID system. But wait, there's actually a boot loop there. <laughs> I call this a boot loop because um, when you get some IDs, you would need to get a birth certificate part of the ID. That's so. That's really unusual, you know. I think that's one of the challenges here in the Philippines. Initially, when you're starting, it is when you're starting to get your government IDs. Is that it's sometimes hard to get one when you don't have example when your birth certificate is not with you currently that's a problem so that's what um and then of course you would also need your uh, criminal clearance records usually you get this from nbi this is what you call the nbi clearance and the police clearance from pnp uh, the nbi you get this uh, small one half of a short bond paper and it has a image of you and then it indicates any criminal record you have from the MBI, which would be usually ver- verified by employers. Same with um, the police clearance. But I think police clearance now is as a decal, ID decal, so it's like an ID. Interesting. So those are the initial initial requirements that you would usually need. I think that's the initial checklist that you have. 
but there are a lot more information that you could get on what you need to have for example you could get the death certificate or certain certification on especially for prc or for professional regulations commission they would also require you to get a certificate of good moral character from your church your school your previous school and your barangay institution so yeah so those are just some government requirements that you would be needing that you would expect so right in preparation in preparation as well um, another tip that I would provide is you find out or you research, you know. Research is the key as to where, how, and how much to obtain that specific document that you would need. You know, how do you get them, where you can find... You can usually find these websites. Uh, you can find these information on government websites. They usually have this. Um, they even have the application forms there so you can prepare firsthand and in the processing time. Sometimes other government agencies offer a home courier service, so you know, which makes everything contactless, safer, convenient. The only downside is if you're urgently needing them, it takes a few days, you know, sometimes a week or two. But if you want them in the same or next day, it's still really preferred, although you would really have to visit personally. But make sure to plan them ahead and find the best time for you and for that is there's less people. Usually usually the application season of pre-employment requirements starts around January, start of the year. Some would have to renew their requirements as well. And then you also plan ahead on how you will you will go to that government institution, you know where to where you could commute, where you would park, what you have to wear. Usually some offices require you to wear sh uh, closed shoes and appropriate clothing. So I guess you'd be safe on the shoes, pants, and shirt combo. And lastly, I, I would give, I would advise you to be early. You know, you, you need to be, you have to plan how, ahead how early you should be there. Because some, I think all agencies now are limited to serve are limited to serve number of participants per day. And then you know me, I hate it. And you know, I really dread morning transactions because I'm not really a morning person. Yet for now, it is really the only choice. So I guess my tip for, for at least for 2021 is to be there early. The sweet time usually is 7 a.m. Alas, 7 ng umaga. Some agencies are open by 7 a.m. while others are open at 8 but usually there's a guard there that has a number, a QU number, and he will tell you the next steps of what you will need. Some guards even have can even check your documents if they're complete. They could so yeah, they're serving this Q number and it's really valuable, you know. I the first time I've seen this Q number, and I said, Oh my gosh, this is the number that I have to get to be in line for that day because I had this experience when I got my brother's birth certificate. I went there around afternoon, around after lunch because my mother said I have to be there early. But I thought I was, I. she just said not. I thought like, she said just to be there early. I thought, I just, then I realized it has to be early, yes, in the morning. <laughs> 
what happened then was I got there around uh, 12 noon and the the government agency PSA the guard told me that they're not serving for today so you will have to go back tomorrow the next day so it, imagine I, it's hard to it's hard to commute to going there or it's really difficult to park and then you'd realize that it's already closed for the day so best to be there early you know and this num this queue number this would indicate the the number of your the nth number of person to be served so example if it's 71 you're the 71st person for that day and they will only serve around 200 so you have to be there early another um, this COVID, you have to prepare your QR passes. So, if you enter a government, an LGU, a local government unit branch, let's say for for a birth certificate and then you go to Pasig City, you need to prepare your Pasig Pass, you know, for the QR Pass or contact tracing. Might as well prepare one so you don't have to set it up there. You can actually set it up on the spot, but it would take you around 10-15 minutes. So, it would add delay and I think one of the my tip there is you have to be fast you know be quick um back your um lastly um I would suggest that before you go to the the D-Day in preparation you have to pack your stuff you know when you go to it would be a very a very tedious process you know you would meet a lot of people there would I mean, the pandemic is still there. It would be a lot of people. There will be a lot. It will be. We were not sure if we're really. It's really secure there, so you have to pack your stuff accordingly, and of course, to make sure you don't forget it. So for me, I have this list that I have provided. So I think these are the COVID nineteen safe kit that I was telling you about. So the first one, of course, you have to bring your alcohol or hand sanitizer, preferably the one that's best fitted in the bag. Of course, your wallet. Um, it should at least have one original government ID of yours. But for me, I usually bring two or three. I'm kind of OC, so I bring three government IDs to make sure. Your payment for that document should also be there. And bring various bills. So it's from 50 to 500. So that's one of my tips. Because sometimes the change would not be adequate. Also, you bring coins. Uh, I suggest you bring coins because for emergency photocopying, sometimes you have to photocopy additional documents, so you have to bring some coins. Usually, in the in the in the place where you have to apply, there's a photocopying shop just beside it. I also just suggest you bring black or blue ball pen. Although there's also some there at store, but I suggest you bring your own, so you also save. A ton of money and a ton of time because some government agencies don't accept people who don't have ball pen. Handkerchief and tissue, so you know, just just some safety precaution. Extra disposable face mask because sometimes it would get really sweaty. Face mask and face shield, of course, is the one that you would use. Umbrella. There were instances that it would be hot outside or it's gonna rain, so might as well bring an umbrella. And then I suggest you bring with you a document envelope. It's usually a legal or letter size, A3 or A4, or A4, where you it can hold your documents. It should be thin yet uh, a little hard. The hard surface so you can 
also use it as your writing pad because there are instances that you would have to write application forms on your seat. So I suggest your envelope would also serve as your clipboard. So now, those are the things that I suggest. So you pack your things, you you plan ahead, you prepare as much as you can, you bring extra coins. The small things that really make a difference. Usually, I had this experience when I had a problem going to photo, uh, with photocopying documents because I don't have um, spare change. I only have 100 pesos and usually photocopying places do not have so much change for that so um, that's it for the preparation or planning ahead so now going there or visiting as you arrive there you know you the first thing that I would suggest well I guess the first thing is you have to be early right is this the second one is you don't have to be shy asking the guards or the customer assistance desk usually there's a table there at the entrance or some there's some guy had handing out handing out some stubs like what i said earlier with a queue number or some maintenance person that really knows everything on the process there most of the time it's those those guys that knows the entire process so you ask them nicely if you're really obsessed with the process i suggest that you read the citizens charter it's usually a tarpaulin where it indicates the steps, the turnaround time, or how many minutes it would take per step. But I think it's not accurate for 2021, especially with the pandemic. And, and then, exp- although expect these key steps, you know, you fill up the application form on the spot. Sometimes it's on-site because they provide the forms there so you don't lose it. And then verification, they verify your supporting documents in the application form as well. Then you pay to the cashier. And then the cashier will give you the receipt. And then indic- and then they will tell you to wait for your name to be called for releasing. So yeah, when you're already in the, in, on the spot, I suggest you to prepare to write fast and tedious amount of document, especially for contact tracing forms. Sometimes other offices do not have contact tracing QR code like what I mentioned earlier. So be ready to write, 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 and write as much forms. It's an advantage to be quick, but it's not an exam. So take your time, read through the documents clearly. You know, there were instances where I had the uh, biggest mistake of not filling up the informa- the application form completely because of the misinterpreted instructions. So I had to go back and write it again. So please read through it thoroughly. And then if you're... The person you... If the document you're requesting is for another person, I suggest this would be the key requirements in in preparing an authorization. So, you have to have a letter of authorization that you are being authorized. Your name should be in the letter. As I was told, your name should be there. A photocopy of the ID of the requester, which is the person who is on the, who is named on the document. Um, government issued, it should be valid and includes a signature. And please photocopy uh, front and back. And then, 
you should also have a photocopy of the representative or your ID if you are the the authorized person to get or transact the document. You should have the photocopy of your ID. And same as the requester's ID, it should be government-issued, valid, and include signature, both front and back. So I, I repeat, front and back. And, best it, and it's best and recommended if you bring both original IDs with you so you can see it firsthand. Another tip is to be alert because government transactions can be very disruptive. There will be instances that there will be some issues like back then I had an experience where the system or the computer system was not working due to a power failure. So the entire process stopped for around two hours. And also be alert. But at the same time, be patient and be friendly. Double check the documents you get and you fill up like what I said. Double check everything. Double check or triple check the forms that you're filling up, the documents that you receive, and the receipt. Make sure the information is correct and spelled accurate. Ideally, after you step off the releasing window or before you step off the releasing window, you check everything is complete, the payment is correct, your name is spelled correctly because sometimes the devil is in the details, you know. And then after visiting, make sure to sanitize yourself. You take a bath and secure your documents in a good storage. So, so after visiting, so this would be some of the tips that I would be sharing in terms of keeping your your documents safe. So if you keep the as much as possible, if you can keep your original, keep it. You know, if you but usually some pre-employment requirements, HR usually requests the original and then being kept. And then when you resign, you have the right to get those documents because those documents are yours. You know me, I make sure all my government IDs documents are photocopied and scanned. So that's my second tip. So make sure that your IDs documents are photocopied so you have extra copies. And also scan digitally, so and then you secure them in a secured cloud. Also, I keep my hard copy documents in a very weatherproof, safe envelope, secured lock, kept safe from fire and water spill. But at the same time, it should be also easy to retrieve when there's a fire or when there's a disruptive when there are earthquakes, etc. Let's hope it doesn't happen. So it's secure yet at the same time, easy to move around securely. And then also you keep the receipts. You know, some documents or some IDs require receipt alongside as additional support or proof of payment. So for example, the driver's license needs its corresponding up-to-date receipt for its renewal. So you have the ID, you have the receipt. Sometimes the receipt, it, sometimes the receipt is the actual license because there were stories back then that the, the IDs are still being printed, so the receipt is their license and it has to be supported by a government issued ID. So yeah, so there you go. So those are just some of my quick tips on how to surviving the government queue. So if you, you have, if I if there's anything I missed, or if you want, if there's anything you want us to share, let us know on um, our 
on our Facebook or in our Instagram. So for those who haven't followed us yet, you may follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Saturday Night Podcast. You can also listen to our podcast through Spotify Podcast, uh, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. This is powered by Anchor.fm. So thank you very much to Anchor.fm for Um, the info for the support you've given us um, in providing these podcasts. So thank you very much for listening, and I hope you have a great day. Bye. Saturday night, drive and chill.